Okay, good morning, everybody. Today's daf is Kiddushin daf Yud Beis. We left off on daf Yud Beis. Amalaf. We got all the way to the uh, to the two dots on the first wide line of daf Yud Beis. Amalaf. Today's show is sponsored by Dr. David Landerer in honor of his wife and children. And Lila Nishmas' mother, Goldavar Simcha, Allah Shalom, we thank him very much for the continued sponsorship of the Daf Yomi. So the first thing we're going to talk about is whether the sheer pruta that you need, according to the Basil, to be Makadish Nisha, changes over time. Or do we assume that it's stagnant, that whatever the sheer pruta was in the days of Moshe Rabbeinu is what the sheer pruta always is. The Gemara is going to make some complicated uh, calculations. And then we're going to talk about what if a person does Kiddushin with something that is not worth a Pruta, at least where he is, it's not worth the Pruta. Are we Choshesh? Maybe it's worth the Pruta somewhere else, and therefore maybe she is Mekudashes. Or do we assume, nah, she's not Mekudashes, it's not worth the Pruta here, and she, therefore she's not Mekudashes. The Gemara is going to, going to bring uh, different uh, Mises, different stories where such cases uh, came up, and how we paskin on those uh, on those situations. Then the Gemara is going to talk about eight different uh, misdeeds that Rav would give people Malkus for. Eight different Things that uh, that would uh, that 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 would uh, cause Rav to give someone Malchus, and the Gemara is going to say that according to another opinion, Rav didn't give Malchus on all of those things. Maybe only on one or two of those things did Rav actually give Malchus. And then the Gemara at the end of the daf is going to talk about a case where a woman was shaska; she was quiet when she received the kiddushin, and whether we assume that that shtika is kehodah, that that was a kabbalah of the uh, kiddushin in a new usual case, I mean, in a regular case where he gives her something, a, a ring under a chuppah, and he says, and she receives it, she doesn't say anything, so of course she's Mekudashas. But more unusual cases of shtika, whether that's a valid kiddushin or not. So let's begin again at the first wide line, Andaf Yud Beis Amar Aleph. So the Mishnah had said that according to the Beis Hillel, Beis Hillel Omrim, Bepruta, and also Beshava Pruta, and then the Mishnah defined what's a Pruta worth, so the Gemara wants to know: Do we always view uh, the shear that you're able to be the shear of money that you're able to be makadish nisha with as one eighth of an isri italki, or do we assume that in each generation there's something called a pruta, and whatever is called a pruta in your generation is going to be perfectly fine for kiddushin? So Savar of Yosef Lemeimer of Yosef thought to say pruta called to who when Basil says you can be makadish nisha with a pruta, it means even if a particular the generation, the shear of a pruta changes, and whatever coin they call a pruta is less than one eighth of an Israel Italki, still an Isha Kabimis Kadashas with, uh, with that pruta. That's how uh, the Rishonim understand that even Rav Yosef holds that you have to be Makadish with a pruta. It's just that he holds that even if a pruta is worth less than one eighth of an Israel Italki in a particular generation, then an Isha is Miskadashas with it. That's how the Ritva learns this Gemara. The Chazanish, however, explains that Rav Yosef holds that any small matbeya that, uh, that, that, that is used as currency in any generation, an isha is miskadeshespo, even if it's not called a pruta. So you take a penny and you makadish nisha with it, Chaznish says that too would be considered a, uh, a valid kiddushin according to Rav Yosef, that there's not even magic to the name pruta, let alone to the value of a, uh, of a pruta. So some Rav Yosef named pruta kolduhu. Amalei Abayis, Abayis said to Rav Yosef, Allah katani, but on Beisillel it says, Kami hi pruta, echon mishmona, Beisri talki, meaning the Mishnah elaborates on Beisillel and says that a pruta is 
Dafka one eighth of an Israeli talki. So apparently a pruta that's worth less than that is not valid for kiddushin. Vichitema, unless you say Hanimili that the Mishnah is only talking about a sheer pruta that Bedorashal Moshe in the generation of Moshe Aval Hacha, but in later generations, Kidakashvaluhuli Inshi, maybe it's whatever people consider it to be, and even if it's less than the pruta in the generation of Moshe Rabbeinu, you could still be Makadeshanisha with it, meaning uh, by saying I, su- I suspect that. That's what you're trying to say, Rav Yosef, that uh, if in a later generation a pruta is less than Echon Mishmon Rabbi Sayyitalki, that you're able to be Makadesh and Isha with it. But Vakhias Rav Dimi, but when Rav Dimi came from Eretz Yisrael to Babel, Omar, he told about a story that happened in front of Rabbi Simai about an Isha that was Niskadish Bepruta that was worth less than an Isra Italki, less than one eighth of an Isra Italki, and Shia Rabbi Simai Bedoro Kamihi Pruta, Echon Mishman of Isra Italki, and therefore Rabbi Simai said the Kiddush is Nachal, because he uh, assessed that in his generation a Pruta actually should be Echon Mishman of Isra Italki, and this Kiddush happened with something that was worth less than that. The Chiyasa Ravin, Amar Rabbi and when Ravin came, he said that a, a number of Gedolei Amaraim measured out a pruta to be one-sixth of an Israel Italki. So uh, what you see from there is that even in later generations, we're Mishair, the pruta that's needed for Kedushin, based on the shear of the Mishnah. And we don't look at the Matbeya that's called the pruta in that generation. We have to do the assessment of whether it's worth one-eighth of an Israel Italki or not worth one-eighth of an Israel Talki because that's the shear the Mishnah gave. So don't you see that the shear is stagnant, that it's not something that could change based on each generation. So that is Abaye's challenge to Rav Yosef. Now the Ritva raises the question that if the shear in the Mishnah is uh, whatever it was in the days of Moshe Rabbeinu, I mean, what's the other side? That it, that it changes o- o- over, over time and the Mishnah just mentions the shear in the days of Moshe Rabbeinu? Well, it might have a hava. Why do I care what the shear of a pruta was in the days of Moshe Rabbeinu, if there's no halacha like that, meaning that just happens to be what the halacha was in the days of Moshe Rabbeinu, that that matters to us if you're going to say that it could change on e- in each generation, and it's whatever put is worth nowadays. So the Ritva says, no, no, it'll be nafkamina in a situation where you don't have a matbeah that's called a pruta. So then what can I be Makadish Nisha with if there's no matbeah that's called a pruta? So then I would have to go back, I would revert back to something that's worth Echel Mishwan Rabbi Sayyidalki, what a pruta was worth in the days of Moshe Rabbeinu. Or, says the Ritva, nafkamina would be in a case where we know that the woman is makbid not to be miskadish with less than a prutas Moshe Rabbeinu. Meaning if uh, she has a personal hakpada that she will not accept kiddushin for anything less than a pruta of uh, the days of Moshe Rabbeinu, so then uh, we have to know what that's going to be. Pnei Yeshua suggests nafkamina is based on what the Gemara says in Bamatia Daf Mem Dalvin, that only that which is over the socher is considered mamon, only that which can be used as currency is considered mamon. So the Mishnah is explaining that the pruta that was in the days of Moshe Rabbeinu is always considered mamon, because we view that as kesef mida oraisa. So even if you, you, the impression that you get is that it's not over the socher, that's the minimum of what's always going to be considered a standard of mamon. Anyway, be that as it may, we're in the middle of a conversation over here, right? Meaning uh, we had Rav Yosef saying that pruta depends on each generation, and we don't go back to a standard uh, value, valuation of pruta, 
And Abaye says, what are you talking about? We find that everyone always goes back to measure. So Rav Yosef, Rav Yosef said back to Abaye, if the din is that in all the generations were Meshire or Pruta, based on one-eighth of an Israel Italki, what it says in the uh, Brisa, when someone is Nene from Hegdish Peshogeg, the Allah is that he has to bring an Asham that's worth Shnei Slaim. It's a Pasuk in the Torah, Vehevias Asham Allah Hashem, Ayel Tabimina Tzon, Be'erkecha Kesef Shkalim. So Tseve Chashov, he says, go do the Cheshbonos of how much a person has to be marching himself from doing an Avera. Because how much Hanoah did the guy get from Hegdish? to be mechaiv himself in this carbon that's worth shnei slaim. If he gets a shavu pruta's worth of hana from Agdish, he has to bring a carbon worth shnei slaim, which is much more expensive. Kama prutos b'shnei slaim. How many prutos are there in shnei slaim? Yoser me'al payim. There are more than 2,000 prutos in uh, shnei slaim. And the, the way the, in Tarskan and the way the b'risa continues is, im kach ona shakosav es ha-shogeg, alachas kama v'kava, sheyamnosh ha-samezid. If that that's the, the, the price a person has to pay for an Avera B'Shogeg. Can you imagine the price a person has to pay for an Avera B'Mezid if there's such a uh, discrepancy between the, the price of the Avera and the cost of the, uh, of the Kapara for that Avera for a Shogeg? But anyway, uh, according to you, Abai, that the Shir Pruta is always one-eighth of an Israel Italki, it's not even, uh, there aren't even 2,000 prutos in, in Shnei Slaim. So to go and, and say that there's more than 2,000 prutos in Shnei Slaim, if pruta is a fixed amount and it's one eighth of an Israel Italki, you don't even have 2,000 prutos in, uh, in, in uh, Shnei Slaim. The, 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 the Machna points out that you can't be Michalik and say, oh, wait a second, that's talking in, about Dine Me'ila and the carbon that you bring for it. We're talking about Dine Kiddushin. Mechi tasted have the same rules. Maybe for Kiddushin, we, uh, we go with a fixed pruta, and for Me'ila, we don't go with a fixed pruta, and therefore it could change, and therefore you could have uh, more than, uh, than 2,000. So the Machna writes, no, because the Mishnah B'Metziah says, Chamesh Prutosein, that there are five Dinim that relate to a pruta. And on the list are both Mi'ila and Kiddushin. So it sounds like they have the same rule of Pruta, that the way we assess a Pruta by Mi'ila and by Kiddushin should be the same based on the Mishnah. So, anyway, so what we've just proven is, L'chora, when it comes to Mi'ila at least, the definition of Pruta changes over time. Otherwise, we can never say that there are more than 2,000 prutos in Shnei Slaim. So, Ahu Saba said back, Anotanin Allah. He said, no, I have a different girsa in that b'risa. Not that there are more than 2,000 prutos in Shnei Slaim, but that there are close to 2,000 prutos in Shnei Slaim. And when a pruta is echem nishmona b'isar yitalki, you have that. You have close to 2,000 prutos in Shnei Slaim. Says Mark, do you? So, so, uh, if you really do the math, alpa v'chamish mea v'tlasen v'shita. What you'll find out is that you'll have 1,500 36 prutos in Shnei Slaim, Hudavia. And that's what you have in Shnei Slaim. That's what you call Karov to, to, to 2000. 1536 is Karov to 2000. How did they get uh, 1536? So quickly, the Cheshbon is a Sela has four dinar in it, a dinar has 24 isars in it. Every isar is eight prutos. So it turns out that a dinar has 192 prutos. A sela has 768 prutos. Shnei slaim is 768 
times two. So that's how the Gemara got to this uh, to this to this number. But bottom line is, uh, it's it's nowhere near two thousand. And so the Gemara is eh, near enough. Since it's more than halfway there between one thousand and two thousand, we call that close to two thousand. Meaning once you pass the fifteen hundred mark, we're allowed to call that close to two thousand. In the uh, the the the, the uh, in the Atzmas Yosef, he points out that uh, that one time someone came to him and uh, he had a star where uh, I guess they didn't have a good lawyer and the things were not clear at all in the star and the star said you owe me close to $3,000. So you made him pay $2,501. Meaning uh, that's all you can only make him pay. All that shtar is mochiach is that it's what some definition of karov is. So the definition of karov is what the Gemara says when it's a little more than halfway there. But, but uh, more than that, you can't be mechayiv the fellow to pay, uh, to pay any more. It's a tricky thing, right? When you have someone that borrows money from somebody else and they, didn't, uh, they don't remember the exact term and they have to because then you run risks of ribis if he pays too much right so you have to you have to be uh, somewhat conservative in, in the estimate so you always go and plus so you're always going to go with the smallest amount okay so now the Gemara brings uh, uh that we mentioned previously about uh, the sheer pruta so Gufa we had mentioned that Kiyasa Ravdimi when Ravdimi came from Eretz Yisrael to Bavel Omar Shir Rabbi Simai Bidoro Kama who he pruta that Rabbi Simai did an assessment in his generation how much a pruta is Echon Mishma one eighth of an Israeli Talki, Vikiasa Ravan, and when Ravan came, Amar Shir Rabbi Dustai, Rabbi Yana, Rabbi Yoshaya, the Rabbi Dustai, Rabbi Yana, and Rabbi Yoshaya made their own assessment. Kamihi Pruta, how much is a Pruta? Echad Mishisha be Israeli Talki, and it's one sixth of an Israeli of an Israeli Talki. So I'm going to buy the Ravdimi, name at the Ravin, be Pluta Dahani Tanoi Kumiflugisu. So Abai said to Ravdimi, maybe you and Ravin argue in the Machlokas of the following Tanoim. Titania, because we have a Brysa, Pruta Sha'amru Chachamim. When the Chachamim say a shear of a Pruta, it's Echod Mishmona be Israel Talki. So uh, it's one eighth of an Israel Talki. And the Brysa explains the Cheshbon of how a Pruta is one eighth of an Isar, Sheish Ma'a Kesef Dinar. That six Ma'us of Kesef are in a Dinar. Ma'a Shnei Pundyonin. A Ma'a has two coins called Pundyonin in a Ma'a. Pundion shnei isarin. Each pundion has two isars. Isar shnei musmisim. Each isar has shnei musmisim. Mismas shnei kuntrunkin. Kuntrunk shtei prutos. Nimtsa pruto achas mishon talki. Meaning, if you just pick it up with the isarin and go weiter from there, you see how it's achon right? If an isar is two musmisim and a musmus is two kuntrankin and a kuntrank is two prutos, there you have it. That's uh, that a pruta is one eighth of an isar. Rambam Liel says that the shear of a pruta is one sixth of an isar, and he does the cheshbon as follows: shlosha hadrasin lemaa. There are three uh, hadrases in a maa. Hansen Lahadris. There are two Hansen in a Hadris. Shnei Shminin Lahans. And there are two Shmin, uh, another type of coin, in a Hans. Shte Prutos Lushamin. And there are two Prutos in a Shaman. Nimtsa Pruta, 
Achas Mishisha Bisri Talki. So it turns out that a Pruta is one sixth of an Israeli Talki. So Lema Demarama Katanakama. So maybe Ravdimi holds like the Tanakama that a Pruta is one eighth of an Isar. And Ravan holds like Mishum Liel that it's one sixth of, a, of an Isar. So Amalei Ravdimi said back to Abai, no, Bain Didi, Bain Ravin, both I and Ravin, Aliba de Tanakama, are working within the Shita of the Tanakama. I, Ravin sounds like he's going like Rabshungam Liel, he's saying one six. No, Velo Kasha, it's not a Kasha. The basis of Ravin is not because Prutos went up in value and now they're worth one sixth of an Isser. It's that I and Ravin are talking about two different situations. Hadi Iyakiri Suri, when I said that the Shir of a Pruta is one eighth of an Isser, that's at a time when Isurim were very uh, highly valued. It's not the Pruta that changed, it's the Isser that changed. So obviously, the way you're going to if the pruta remained the same and the value of the iser changed, so the the percentage of an iser that a pruta is is going to to, to vary. So uh, and when Ravin said that the shear of pruta is one sixth of an iser, is dissolved suris when his surim went down in value and uh, they were they were worth less. So uh, the chilik between the time that an iser was uh, expensive and an iser was not expensive, how the iyakiri suri when uh, the, the when an iser was uh, was had a high value. value Value so kum esim ba'arba bezuza they were twenty four isers for azuz hadzal kum tlasin train bezuza and when they went down in value there were thirty two for azuz so if you do the math it works out it's one eighth or one sixth we don't have to get into all that but uh, so that's uh, so it wasn't a machlokas how much a pruta is worth it was based on different times where the iser was worth different things so now the gemara explains that what if you're makadish nisha with something that's worth less than a pruta. Do I have to assume that it's at least a Kiddushay Safek because maybe somewhere else this item is worth a pruta? So Amr Shmuel, Kitsha B'Tamara, if a man is Mekadish Nisha with a Tamara, with a date, Afilu Omid Kor Tamarim B'Dinar, even if a Kor of Tamarim costs only a single dinar, which would mean that each Tamar is worth way less than a dinar, Mekudashas. The Allah is that she is Mekudashas. Why? Chashin and Shem Shava Pruta B'Madai. Because I have to be Choshish that maybe it's worth a pruta, uh, where uh, tamarim are not so commonly found in Madai, so maybe a date is going to be much more expensive in uh, in such uh, in such places. So the Pnei Yeshua points out that this is only if he says and he doesn't say that it's Shavar Pruta. So then we're told that the, the woman might be willing to accept Kiddushin even if it's worth a Pruta anywhere. But, says the Pnei Yeshua, if he says to her Pruta, and he says that it's Shavar Pruta, then it's got to be Shavar Pruta over here. And if it's not Shavaput over here, then Ainim The only way we're ever going to take into account that it might be worth a Shavaput somewhere is if you didn't specifically say that it's Shavaput. So ask the Gemara, but wait a second. We have a Mishnah, our Mishnah, the Basil, Lomber Pruto, Beshavaput. Basil holds to be Makadish Nisha, you need to be Makadish with either a Pruta or a Shavaput. But if Shmuel is correct, that you could use something that's even worth less than a Pruta over here, and she's still at least suffering Makadashas because maybe it's worth the pruta somewhere else. How come Basil says pruta b'shavar pruta? So says Marno, that's it. Lokasha. Habikdushivade, habikdushisafik. Hillel is asking, in, in our Mishnah, the Basil is, is, is addressing someone who's asking for instructions. What should I do to be Makadesh Anisha? So Basil says, You want to have a Kiddushin? Where you know that you have a Kiddushin, you take something that's actually worth a pruta, where you are, Basharusham, and that's how you make a Kiddushin. If you want to know how to really mess up your life and create a Suffolk 
kiddushin and have a situation where you're going to need to get, but you're not going to be able to go home with the woman yet. Okay, so enochinami for a suffix kiddushin, even if it's not worth the pruta over here, it might be worth the pruta somewhere else, and the kiddushin is going to be chal mi suffix. Now there is a discussion that we've shown on what the nature of that is of that suffix kiddushin. Um, whether is that mi is that mi The basis of the machlokas is in a situation where we know that let's say it's worth a pruta somewhere else. Let's say it's not a chashash. Maybe it's worth a pruta somewhere else. I know this item is not worth this tamara is not worth a pruta over here, but it definitely is worth a pruta somewhere else. So the Ramban, the Rush, the Ritva all hold that whether you know it's worth the shav pruta in madai or whether you don't know it's, if it's worth the shav pruta in madai, the kiddushin is only chal misafek because in the chav b'mamon el makom of When it comes to money, you look at where you are, when you are, and the reason the kiddushin is chal is a gezera midrabanan that they were machmir by kiddushin. When they call the kiddushin safek, it means that the rabbanan made this kiddushin kiilu kiddushin safek. Which means to say that on a Daraisa level, of course we look at where you are and how much it's worth where you are and when you are. We look at Makomo Vishaito and that's it. I don't care what's going on in the market in Madai and how much a date costs in Madai on a Daraisa level. Midrabban and there were goes there that it should have the status of Suffolk uh, Kiddushin. Um, the, however, the Mi'iri writes that if you know that it's worth uh, a pruta somewhere else, then uh, then uh, the, 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 he says he says in a case where you know that in some place it's worth a pruta, then the kiddushin is going to be chal b'toras vadai. We call this a suffix kiddushin because we don't know if it's worth a pruta anywhere else. But if you did know that it was worth a pruta somewhere else, it's chal b'toras vadai mida oraisa. So this is a Mida Oraisa, the Nitziv in Rami Sad is Medayik from Rashi, a third Shita. That Shmuel is Dafka talking about where you know that it's worth a, that there's a place where it's worth a Shavapruta, but if you didn't know that it's worth a Shavapruta anywhere, you wouldn't be Choshish at all that there is such a place. Meaning the whole case in the Gemara is not just a Chashash, it might be worth a Pruta Madai, you know it's worth a Pruta Madai, and that's where it's a Suffolk Kiddushin. So somewhere uh, somewhere in between those two, uh, those two Shitas. So anyway, so that's the Machlokas Rishonim about what exactly what exactly this shita of uh, of Shmuel is that if you makadish even if it's worth way less than a pruta she's mukudeshas misafik. So anyway, so now says the Gemara. The Gemara is going to bring a Misa and use this Misa to ask on Shmuel. Who gathered the Akdish bezavda deurde? A man was makadish nisha with a pile of uh, wool or cotton or something. So Yosef Rav Shimi Barchia came to Rav. Rav Shimi Barchia, Rav Shimi Barchia came to Rav. Vikama ayin ba, and he was looking into what the valuation of this was. Ees b'shav pruta in ilolo. If it's worth the pruta, she's mukadashas. If not, she's not mukadashas. So says Gemara. Well, wait. But the less Bashav Buddha low, if it's not worth the Shav Buddha, you're so sure she's not Mukadashas. Didn't Shmuel say that we have to be Khoshish? Maybe it's worth a Pruta somewhere, and therefore maybe she should be Mukadashas? No, Lokasha. Habikidush Vadai, when Rav Shimi Barchia was looking whether it's worth the Shav Buddha, he wanted to know is it a Vadai Kiddushin? If it's worth the Shav Buddha here, it's a Vadai Kiddushin. Habikidush Safik. Shmuel was only saying that it would be a Kiddush Safik if it's worth the Shavapruta somewhere else, or it might be worth the Shavapruta somewhere else. So the, the investigation over here was, do I have a Kiddushay Vadai on my hands, or do I only have a Kiddushay Suffolk on my hands? But I definitely don't have nothing on my hands. 
Because if you're Makadish and Yeshua, the Pach Mishav Pruta Shmuel is right. That uh, might be worth a Pruta somewhere else. Another story. Someone was Makadish Nisha with a uh, with a small piece of marble, of black marble. Yasser of Chistav Kamishayr. So if Chistav was trying to uh, assess its value, in. if it's worth a Shav Pruta, then she's Mukadeshes to this guy. And the case was that after this Kiddushin was given, another guy came and was Makadish with something that's definitely a pruta. So uh, so he said, if it's worth the Shavu Pruta, so then good, then the first Kiddushin was Chal. The second Kiddushin is not going to be Chal. Shev Shmeitzah says, you see from here, that you follow Chazaka Tahashta, meaning if I assess today that this uh, this piece of marble is worth a Shavu Pruta, how do I know that at the time of the Kiddushin, yesterday it was worth the Shavu Pruta? Uh, I would assume the market on uh, on stone and marble fluctuates. So how could I, if it was such a close call that I had to do a whole assessment to be able to see if it's worth the Pruta, how do I know that yesterday was worth the Pruta? So if you don't have a Chazakat Meikara, you see you follow Chazakat Hashta. That if right now I know that it's worth something, I'm able to go back. So that's what the Shmeitzer brings this as one of the writers. So anyway, and he lo, lo, if it's not going to be worth the Shav Pruta, he's going to assume that there was no, there's no Kiddushin with the first guy, and the Kiddushin with the second guy is a valid Kiddushin. But I asked the Gemara, if he less pay Shav Pruta low, if uh, there's no uh, Shav Pruta, you're so sure that there's no Kiddushin with the first guy, and there is a Kiddushin with the second guy. But the Shmuel say we always have to be choshesh that maybe it's worth the Shavuputa somewhere and therefore there's a Kiddushay Safek. So if Chista lo savrele the Shmuel and Echadam, you know, if Chista rejects Shmuel he yells that if you're Makadish with Pachs Mishavuputa we're not choshesh that it's worth something somewhere else and the woman is not Mekudeshes at all. Tosas raises the question, why didn't the Gemara just answer like it did before, that can be Kiddushay Vade, can be Kiddushay Suffolk, that he was he was looking into it to see if we have a Kiddushay Vade over here. But in Echinami, we for sure at least have a Kiddushay Suffolk. So uh, Tosas says, no, because there was a second Makadesh over here. And it could be that that second Makadesh, the second guy to be Makadesh, was the brother of the first guy. So Rav Chist is coming to be Mafkia, the Kiddushay Rishon, so that she could be Mukudeshes to the second guy. But if Shmuel is correct, that she's Mukadashus me suffix to the first guy, she'll never be able to marry the second guy, even if the first guy gives a get, because she's a suffix Rusha Sachiv, and you wouldn't be able to. So the very fact that he was trying to work out a situation to, to see if she can go home with the second guy, that would never happen if at a minimum you had a Kiddushay suffix with the first guy. It must be that at a minimum you had zero with the first guy. So if you had zero with the first guy, then she'd be able to go home with the second guy if the second guy wasn't, it's quite a Kimta to make it like what, but if the second guy was the brother of the first guy. So Amla Ime, the mother of this woman, came to Rav Chista and said, that, how do you know that just because you've assessed that it's not worth a pruta today, that uh, she's not Mukadesh Rishon, I argue that on the day the Kiddushin happened, it was worth a Shavu Pruta. Now it's not a Shavu Pruta. So Amla, so Rav Chista said, you don't have the right to ask her to the second guy with your claim that it was worth a Shavu Pruta on the day of the Kiddushin. That's where you see that uh, clearly the goal was, like Tulsa said, to be matir her to the second guy. And that's, uh, that's what gave Tosos that idea, that Makom, to argue that, uh, that, that maybe if they're brothers, that, uh, that, that, that it would have to be that there's no Kiddushin at all with, uh, with the first guy in order for, their, 
for, for Rav Chista to accomplish his goal of being matir to the second guy. And Rav Chista made a, a point to show that his argument is compelling. Meaning Rav Chista said, don't tell me that it was worth a pruta on the day of the Kiddushin. You don't have Nehemonas to say such a thing. After all, live hainu to Yehudis, to bitu Rabbi Chia. You know what this reminds me of, says Rav Chista? The story of Yehudis, the wife of Rabbi Chia. Where, a wild story. Davila Tsar Leda, she was suffering from, uh, from, from childbirth. She had twins, and uh, it was a very, very difficult labor. And she wanted to make herself usher to her husband so that she'll never have to experience this again. So Amrile, so she said to her husband, uh, Amrile Aim, you know, my mother once told me that that when you were a little girl, your father accepted Kiddushin on your behalf from some other guy. And therefore, I'm a you. I was always a you. Like, where was this information for the first several years of her marriage before the twins were born? So, Sorry, your mother doesn't have Nehemanas to asser you on me. So just like Rabbi Chia said that his mother-in-law doesn't have Nehemanas to asser her on him, so to, so too over here, in this case of the Avon de Kuchla that the man was Mekadesh Yisha with, the mother doesn't have the right to asser the daughter on the second Mekadesh. Tosus Rid raises the question that uh, the, uh, the, the Yehudis, Rabbi Chia's wife, um, it was, was agreeing with her mother. So Lechora, we should say Shavya Nafsha and therefore she should have a bias, or she should be in a menace. Uh, why not say Shavya Nafsha Chatichadi Yisura? So he answers based on Rav Nachman at the end of Masech Nadarim, Dafsadi Aleph, that a woman is not in a menace to ask herself on her husband because we're always Choshe Shema Nasne Enea Ba'acher. That maybe she's looking, she has her eyes on someone else. So she's trying to make herself answer to her husband. So over here also, the woman is ready Meshubedes to the Mekadesh. So we assume that she wants to answer herself on him. Pnei Yeshua suggests that Yehudis are didn't know whether uh, her father was Makadish or it's only she was only reporting what her mother said so it's not Shavya Nafsha she wasn't agreeing to her mother she was just uh, reporting that this is what my mother had, uh, had said now the Rabbanan disagree with Rav Chista and they hold that if there's a call that there are Edim at the time of the Kiddushin that it was worth the Shavar Pruta then she's Mukadesh HaSemishon we don't say no Lav Kol Kamina so Amr Le Rabbanan Rav Chista Rabbanan said to Rav Chista am I why aren't you Choshish for the Kiddushin of the first guy, there's a call that there were Adim at that Kiddushin and there be Edis, they're in some faraway place. But those Adim, if we ever find them, they'll be able to report that they know that it, that it was worth a Shavapruta at the time of the Kiddushin. So if Chitza said, I don't have to be Choshish, that there's rumors that there are Adim somewhere that know that it was worth a Shavapruta at the time of the Kiddushin, hash to me, a little listener, come on. I, I don't see any Adim in front of me right now. And if I don't see any Adim in front of me right now, the only bit of evidence I have in front of me right now is the item that was used for Kiddushin. I did an assessment of it. It's not worth a Pruta. Memela, there's no Kiddushin. I don't have to look beyond that. Lav Hainud Rabbi Chanina. Isn't this like what Rabbi Chanina said? Dam Rabbi Chanina, Eideh B'Tzadistan V'Teyaser. The case of Rabbi Chanina was in the second parak of, of Mesechus Ksubus and Davchav Gimel. The daughters of Shmuel were taken captive and after they were freed, they said that they were Tahoros, that no one had touched them. So Rabbi Chanina said, Rav Shem Barabba, uh, who was a Kohen, that he could marry one of them. So Rav Shem Barabba said, uh, but 
there was a call that they were taken, uh, that they were Edim, that they were taken captive. And uh, the, if they were Edim, that a woman was Nishbeis, and she says to Horani, she's not Nehemanes. Meaning, if we know she was Nishbeis because she says she was Nishbeis, and she says to Horani, Hapesha Asaru Hapeshi Hitir. So then we're going to believe her because I didn't know that she was held captive in the first place. So I believe her, if I'm going to believe her that she was held captive, I believe her that nothing happened in captivity. But if there were Edim that she was held captive, so then she's not the Pesha Asar. So Rabbi Hanina responded, I don't see any Edim right now that she was held captive, and therefore she's not a surah to a Kohen. So Edeb, just because the Edim are somewhere up north, and they're not made, I'm not going to Asar this woman. Right? That's what the Gemara over there tells the story, that they were clever. They knew that they were Edim, so they quickly ran in and told and self-reported before any Edim could report that they were, uh, that they were held, held captive. So uh, the Gemara brings the Machlok Samurayim uh, on Rav Chista, and they reject this Raya from the story with uh, Rabbi Hanina, from the case of the, uh, of the captives. They do not hold like Rav Chista. They hold that we're choshesh for a call. If there's a call that there are Edom somewhere that know that it was worth a proof at the time of Kedushin, we have to pay attention to that call. And, and I, what about the case of the Shvuyah, where I'm not worried that there might be Edom somewhere that know that she was held captive? You know what a Shvuyah does to avoid being raped in uh, captivity? She makes herself disgusting. She makes herself as unattractive as she possibly can be. And therefore, I don't have to be for such a call. But Nekel Beishas but by Nekel Ish, you don't have such a Svara that she's Menavel Nafsha. And uh, therefore, so you're going to be Mekel and you're not going to be Choshesh for such a call. Why is it that a Shvuyah is Menavel Atzma? So in uh, the Chacham Tzvi, he writes, in order that the captor shouldn't uh, be attracted to her and shouldn't, uh, shouldn't be boiled her. Pnei Yeshua suggests that she does it in order that she should be uh, released because um, he's gonna, he's gonna, the, her price is going to go down to release her from captivity if he sees that she's very unattractive. I Meaning she's worth a lot more if she's very attractive. She's worth a lot less. So she wants to be released from captivity so she knows uh, people will be willing to pay. You know, as the lower price goes, the better her chances are to be released from uh, from captivity. But so Ishtar Meahi, the Gemara says that Meahi uh, Mishpacha, that there was uh, remaining over from that Mishpacha that Rav Chista was Matir, their mother, to get married to the second Mekadesh, right? In this case, where there was this stone, this piece of marble that was used for the Kiddush and uh, Rishon, and then someone else's Mekadesh or with the Pruta. And Rav Chista says, ah, the stone wasn't worth the Pruta, so therefore she can go home with the second guy. So she did, and she had a whole family, and there are still members of that family around, Besura in Sura, Uparsha Rabbanamina, the Rabbanan uh, stayed away from that family. However, it's not because they held like Shmuel that Rechoshesh, that maybe it's worth a Shavu Pruta somewhere else. It's because they, they hold like Abayi Rava that Rechoshesh for a call that there were Edim, that it was worth a Pruta at the time of the Kiddushin. Meaning there are two directions you could have gone with this in to be Choshesh that the first Kiddushin was valid. Either because I know it's not worth a Pruta here, but it might be worth a Pruta in Madai, or no, it might actually be worth a Pruta here because because there were, and there's a rumor that there were Edim that it was worth a pruta over here. So not that we pass like Shmuel, but that we pass like Abay and Rava. So the Ritva writes, Mikan Muchach, that we don't pass like Shmuel, because the Gemara makes a point to say that when the Rabbanon stayed away from this family, it's not because they held like Shmuel. Why make a point to say it's not because they held like Shmuel? It must be because we don't hold like Shmuel. Nevertheless, the Rambam and the fourth paragraph of the Rif, the Rush, the Smag, 
all passing like Shmuel. That if you're Makadish with something that's Pops Mishav Pruta, you have to be Choshish, or maybe it's Shavu Pruta, Bimakam Acher. So, uh, so the Gra even has a different Girsa. That the Girsa in the Gemara is not Vilav Mishum Desviraluhu de Shmuel. But uh, but the Groz Gears is Vlav Mishum Dishmuel. So it's not an outright rejection of Sviralu Dishmuel. It's not an outright rejection of holding like Shmuel. So the Gemara brings a, a, a Maisa where we Choshesh for Shmuel. Who gathered the Akdish? Bishutisa da'asa. There was a guy that was Makadish Nisha with a uh, with a hadas that was not worth a, a pruta. Bishuka out in the shuk in the open market. So Shilcha Ravacha Baruna the Kamei Rav Yosef What's the status over here? So Shalachlei Nagde Kirav. So he said first thing you got to do is give the guy malchus for trying to be Makadish Nisha in a public marketplace like that because Rav used to be Makadish uh, used to be used to give malchus for someone who's Makadish Nisha in uh, in a shuk. Well, but she still needs to get like Shmuel because even though it's not worth the Shav Puta, who knows? Maybe it's worth the Shav Puta somewhere else, and therefore uh, you have to you have to uh, require a get uh, less to be less to be worth a Puta <coughs> in some other location. So it says Gemara, the Rav Mangid. Once we mentioned that you should give Malkus like Rav, the Rav Mangid. Rav would give Malkus for eight different things. Malkus over here means Makas Mardus that, that Rav would give. Malkus Mardus Midrabanan. The Tosefta Masechus Malkus says Malkus Mardus is not thirty-nine Malkus like Malkus Midaraisa. It's until the person uh, is either Makabul on himself uh, that he's not going to do it anymore, or Achatetze Nafsho. The Rivash, however, quotes the Tosos so that even Malkus Mardus maxes out at thirty-nine and he brings. A raya from the Gemara and Daf that someone who calls his friend the Mamzer is Sofigasar Baim, and the Gemara over there explains Makas Mardus. So we call it Sofigasar Baim. So you see, the Makas Mardus is also thirty-nine. So that's a discussion in the Rishon. But anyway, what are the things that the eight things he would give Makas Mardus for? Al the Makadish Peshuka, if a man is Makadish Nisha in the Shuk. Al the Makadish Bebia, if a man is Makadish Nisha with Bia, because that's considered a Pritzus. It's a Machlokas Rishon. Why it's a Pritzus? Rabbeinu Tam says it's a Pritzus because you need eight. Or a day yichud, and that's a pritzus. The re says it's a pritzus because your very first uh, marital interaction with her is bia. It's not going to be something else. So that's the pritzus. If a person is makadish nisha without having a conversation with her first, without having any sort of dating or courtship uh, beforehand. If someone sends a get to his wife ali shliach, and then he's mevatel the get, where they're not going to necessarily know about that. The get's going to be delivered. She's going to think she's. Divorce, she's going to get remarried. All of her children will be mamzerim. Someone gives a get and he says in front of Adim that the get is batal. So even though we force him to be mvatal the modah, we give him a malkus because he's being motzi laz on the children. If someone is a shliach based in, comes to subpoena him to the court and he gives him a hard time. Or a person who's put in cherem for 30 days and he didn't do anything to try to release himself from that nidoy, from that cherem. And a son-in-law that lives by his uh, father-in-law's house, where he's putting himself into an isayon, where he might be nichshal with his mother-in-law, because that's how Rashi explains that the assumption is that the mother-in-law very much loves the first son-in-law, and there's always a chashash over there. So says Mar, the dayer in chalaflah. Wait, that implies that only if he lives there bekevius. But if he just goes there once in a while, then we're not going to give him malchus. Who? Uh, uh, but there was this case of a 
son-in-law that went to the father-in-law's house for Nagate Rav Sheshis. Rav Sheshis gave him Malkus, even though he didn't live there because Says Mara, who made them have a daima Hamas That that was there was reason to suspect over there. I mean, that wasn't just Stamba case. That was uh, there was reason to assume in that particular case that there was something going on. So Nardayami in Nardai they disagreed with what we just said, and then they said Bekulu Lomankin and all those different things Lomankin Rav Rav didn't give Malkus for all of those different behaviors. The only thing he gave um, he gave Malkus for is if a person was Makadish Bibia without speaking to her pr- uh, prior to that. And some say you don't need the combination of both of those things. That is Makadish Bibia without speaking to her prior to that. No, it's a, even just being Makadish Bibia, that itself is enough of a is, is enough of a pretzus. Now this Gemara is the closest thing that we have to a source for the uh, what's, what seems to have become the common custom that when a couple is engaged that the uh, that the future son-in-law doesn't stay at the uh, at the uh, in-laws at the in-laws house. We don't have any real Gemara that says it, but the Rishonim have a discussion as to why it is that uh, the son-in-law shouldn't live by the uh, by the in-laws. So the Raman Darki Moshe is uh, says that the concern is Yakutsumiza and even after Shiduchin before Erisin were Choshesh for that. Um, so uh, so so Lahalacha so, the Rama says that the Meshuduchin Meshudeches shouldn't live in the same house even if they're not going to have yichud because they'll see each other. He's going to see her before she uh, gets dressed in the morning, before she puts on makeup, whatever. We're, we're, we, don't want, uh, we don't want them to see each other not at their best until, uh, until they're married. That's what the Ramah writes. So again, not a real source, but that's the, uh, the closest thing that we have a source for, that, for what seems to be the common practice, which seems to be a wise practice anyway. Okay, everyone should have a wonderful show.